Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses seven major risk management categories, including vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the time period of March 25th through March 31st, 2013. Vulnerability activity for March 2013 increased and is showing a strong trend of increased activity levels for the first three months of 2013. IntelliShield published 614 alerts in March 2013, uh, up from 487 alerts produced in March 2012. For the first three months of 2013, IntelliShield produced 1,739 alerts, while in the same three months of 2012, there were 1,590 alerts. This continuing trend of increased vulnerability and threat activity challenged security and patch management teams throughout last year and has increased in 2013. Organizations are advised to focus on vulnerability remediation and patch management to prevent exploitation of known vulnerabilities. Recent reports from 2012 activity showed that roughly 80% of vulnerabilities and exploits had a patch available within days of discovery. However, installing the patches and updates continues to challenge organizations, leaving them exposed. For the period of March 25th through 31st, Cisco released the semi-annual Cisco IOS Software Security Advisory bundled publication, including seven security advisories addressing seven vulnerabilities. Full details of the publication are available in the Cisco event response. A video review and Cisco security blog post are also available. Microsoft released a security advisory addressing a vulnerability in Microsoft Windows Modern Mail that could allow an unauthenticated remote attacker to conduct spoofing attacks. Digium Asterisk reported multiple vulnerabilities with updates available. HP reported multiple vulnerabilities in HP Intelligent Management Center, including a vulnerability that already has public exploits available. IBM reported multiple vulnerabilities in Lotus Domino and iNotes. Novell reported multiple vulnerabilities in GroupWise and Zen networks. MontaVista released multiple updates for previously reported Linux kernel vulnerabilities. OpenSSL reported an OpenSSL TLS and AESNI denial of service vulnerability. Google Chrome released the Google Chrome Stable Channel update for March 2013, correcting 11 vulnerabilities. ICS reported a critical vulnerability in Bind 9 that could allow an attacker to cause excessive memory consumption and potentially cause a crash and denial of service condition. WebSense released detailed telemetry on Java versions and exploit toolkits that are currently exploiting various Java vulnerabilities. The telemetry paints a disappointing picture of Java security and highlights why criminals target the Java vulnerabilities. Following the recent Java zero-day vulnerabilities and exploits, multiple organizations addressed updating, disabling, or removing Java, but the WebSense telemetry shows the vulnerable systems and versions are still prevalent. All users and organizations should focus on addressing these Java vulnerabilities to reduce the attack service of their systems. Kassam Operation Ababil continues to attack U.S. banks and financial institutions. More, most recently, reports indicated interruptions at Wells Fargo, uh, Bank of America, and American Express. While these attacks continue, the banks and financial institutions have greatly improved their distributed denial-of-service attack defenses, reducing the impact of the attacks and providing important lessons for other businesses and organizations. The DDoS attack has returned to favor with criminals, hacktivists, and other hostile groups and individuals. 
Although many organizations may not have experienced these attacks, the key to responding to a DDoS attack is preparation. Organizations are advised to review their DDoS response capabilities and planning. Cisco released the security blog post, Chronology of a DDoS Spam House, detailing the recent Spam House DDoS attack. In addition to the trending DDoS trend, uh, this case also raised the issue of validating media reports on the attacks. Many security analysts and organizations commented on the media hype and overstated impact of these attacks on the Internet. As with all data and security intelligence collection, analysis, and reporting, security organizations are cautioned to validate their information during the intelligence process to provide timely and accurate security intelligence to their customers. IntelliShield published 142 events last week, 79 new events, and 63 updated events. These alerts are available on the Manager service. Visit www.cisco.com slash go slash IntelliShield for more information. Moving on to the Identity Risk Management category. A study has been released that analyzed data exchange between mobile devices and network service providers. The researchers concluded that it's possible to uniquely identify a user with as few as four data points. The exchanges assist emergency responders and provide anonymized data that's sold for targeted advertising. In addition, end-users can volunteer location information through social media applications that include the data on an opt-in basis. On the face of it, there's no argument that location data supplied by mobile devices can literally save lives. This recent study highlights a truism for security. Every benefit is associated with some level of risk. The technologies we enjoy for convenience or to tailor our experiences online are often capable of delivering data that may be used for purposes other than originally intended. Unfortunately, the burden of determining how much we are sharing at any given moment is often left to the end user. It's up to each of us to decide what level of risk we're willing to take in order to benefit from a feature. Regular review of features, including default levels of privacy, continues to be a best practice. And next, in the social media risk management category. Last week, according to the Wall Street Journal, reports surfaced in Chinese state media that listed flaws in after-sales services for U.S. company Apple Inc. and called the company's policies arrogant. As a follow-up, a Chinese financial paper polled its microblog followers to determine which companies they found to be most arrogant. After tallying user feedback, Apple was not among companies most frequently mentioned. Instead, several domestic banks, uh, telecom companies, and infrastructure providers were targets of popular ire. Once again, social media has provided a fresh outlook and unvarnished public feedback, if not a random sampling of a targeted population. The unplanned response uh, to this survey is a reminder, uh, one that any government that has conducted a referendum can relate to, that asking people for their frank opinion is risky business. Media outlets, including corporate websites, blogs, and social media sites, for example, are frequently faced with difficult decisions when online feedback to a corporate blog post or article is negative, damaging, offensive, or intentionally misleading. Removing a comment may appear dishonest or may even draw unwanted attention to a sensitive issue, because attentive readers can show that a post was removed. Website and corporate social media account owners must set their own policies in this area, based on goals and context, and keeping in mind the trade-offs and understanding that unsolicited, sometimes offensive feedback comes with the territory. And finally, in the cloud risk management category. 
Researchers released a report on the open availability of business data on the Amazon Simple Storage Service, widely used to store and share data. Largely credited to users not configuring the default privacy settings, uh, the research found that from a search of uh, 12,328 Fortune 1000 data stores, uh, 1,951 had been configured to public settings, allowing open access to the files and data. The report also emphasized that the privacy settings are not the responsibility of the Amazon S3 service, but the user. This report highlights the continuing issues with enterprises and users moving to the cloud services. Many, roughly one in six based on the report, don't understand the privacy settings or don't configure them correctly. There's also the issue of understanding responsibilities between the cloud services and the users and protecting the data. While many organizations are moving data and services to the cloud, there's also a risk of those that don't provide employees with cloud services. Multiple reports, including the Cisco Connected World Technology Report, have highlighted that employees will use these services to share and store data where organizational policies may not address or even disallow the use of the services. These businesses and individuals are exposing large volumes of data that they may not be aware or exposed or are not properly addressing in security practices or policies, making them easy targets for intellectual theft and compromises of sensitive data. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report, visit www.cisco.com go SIO and select the Cyber Risk Reports link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.